0: Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. Uh, We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Hey, this is Ryan, and welcome back to the Unchangeable Truth Podcast with Pastor Stephen. Today, you're listening to part two of a two-parter called Look, the Lamb of God, coming out of John chapter one, and uh, last week, on the last podcast, we talked about his sermon, um, just talking about uh, how the Lamb of God carries away our sin, and we talked a lot about that. Do you want to? I, I don't know if you can recap quickly pastor Stephen, but you want to try to recap what we just yeah we just took about we
1: talked about the fact that uh here's john john sees jesus coming he's like hey here's the one i've been telling you about there he is right there the lamb of god the lamb of god i'm calling you to repentance yeah i'm giving you water baptism but here's the one who is actually going to take our sin away and he's going to baptize you with the holy spirit and uh and then you know, we talked about last time the fact that uh, the reason why God chose to call him the Lamb of God is because uh, we would understand that, and especially right. during that time. Yeah. Uh, that lamb its the mascot sheep or the mascot for the humankind because we, we're we easily led astray. We get distracted. Uh, we're just not the, the sharpest people <laughs> in the world and uh here's jesus jesus is the shepherd and uh it also referred to the sacrificial system he's the perfect lamb what all the rams and lambs all those that were sacrificed during the old testament sacrificial system what they were hoping to do it could not happen they only covered sin they didn't eliminate the uh, punishment of sin through the cross, which is what Christ did. And then we talked about Abraham and the story between he and Isaac and what a beautiful foreshadowing yeah. that was yeah. to God giving his one and only son, Jesus Christ. So that's kind of a brief update that on was part brief. one. You did good, man. You did good on that one. Well, we talked for like 40 minutes, so we've got a, We've got a, we got. It. We got to move on cuz I know you got some things that you really want to dig into.
0: Well, yeah, all right. So, yeah, the first point going back to our, our sermon, right? Your first point was the lamb of God carries away our sin. But your second point um you know, you said that the lamb of God commended it's commended by the heavenly Father, and you reference John chapter one verse thirty-two, where it said, "I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and remained upon Him." So, uh, you're, we're talking about the you know referencing when Jesus was baptized by John the baptizer, not John the Baptist, but John the baptizer. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, same person. I by got the in way. trouble
0: last time for that, but um, so
1: personal preference.
0: Yeah, <laughs> so the text speaks of Jesus's baptism so my question to you and for our listeners to hear your wise words why was g why was jesus baptized
1: sure yeah and that's a great question uh matter of fact i did a i did a series of sermons oh goodness years ago entitled got questions just dealing with were you here when i did that uh well i think you did it on a wednesday night um i can't remember i I, I don't remember when it was, to be honest with you, what night of the week. I, it, uh, it, I anyway, it but dealt, with, we yeah, dealt, we dealt yeah. with. That was one of the questions we dealt with. Well, like, one of the questions was: Is church membership biblical? Yeah. And then why was Jesus baptized? Yeah, yeah. Great question. But uh, in the Book of John, he doesn't actually record the the baptism of Jesus. So you can go over to Matthew chapter three. Uh, well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they all recorded. I like to look at the one in Matthew chapter three, but at first glance, you're almost like, Jesus' baptism has no purpose at all. <laughs> John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. Jesus was sinless. Jesus had no need for repentance. Even John was kind of surprised when Jesus came to him saying, hey, I want you to baptize me. And John's like, well, no, 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 I'm the sinner. Uh, I, I, I'm aware that Me being a sinful man, I'm in need of repentance myself. I'm unfit to baptize the spotless lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. You get over to Matthew chapter 3, verse 14. John even says this, I need to be baptized by you and you come to me. And then in Matthew 3, 15, Jesus gives an answer here. He said that the baptism should be done because, and I quote, It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. So why was it fitting for John to baptize Jesus at the beginning of Jesus's public ministry? Uh, Jesus was about to start on that great work, public ministry. I think it was appropriate that he be recognized publicly by the forerunner. Who was the forerunner? Uh, That was John. Uh, John was the voice crying in the wilderness, uh, prophesied by Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 40, calling people to repentance in preparation for the coming Messiah. And so when John baptized Jesus, he was declaring to all that there, you know, here's the one, the one you've been waiting for, the son of God, the one that he predicted would baptize with the Holy Spirit in fi- and uh, fire. So Jesus's baptism by John is, It kind of takes on an added dimension uh, when we stop and consider the fact that John was of the tribe of Levi. Did you know that, right? John was of the tribe of Levi, a direct descendant of Aaron. Luke specifies both of John's parents were of the Arianic priestly line. You can read about that over in Luke chapter one. And so what was one of the duties of the priest in the Old Testament? Present the sacrifices before the Lord And so John the Baptist's baptism, there it is. John the baptizer's baptism (laughs) of Jesus, Jesus, it it could be seen as a priestly presentation of the ultimate sacrifice. That's what the priest did. That's the lineage that he came from. John's words the day after the baptism, they sound like priestly words. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus's baptism also showed that he identified with sinners. I think he was yeah. identifying, symbolizing the yeah. sinner's baptism into the righteousness of Christ, dying to him, rising free from sin, able to walk in the newness of life. That uh, the perfect righteousness of Jesus would f- would fulfill all the requirements of the law for sinners who really could never do, could never hope to do so on their own, and so. Here's John. John's hesitating to baptize the sinless son of God, and then Jesus says it's proper, as we said, to fulfill all righteousness. And so by that, he is alluding to the righteousness that he provides to all who come to him in exchange uh, exchange their sin for the righteousness that he provides. Um, I would say this as well. When Jesus came to John for baptism— uh, it showed Jesus's approval of John's baptism. Mm, yeah, yeah He's bearing witness yeah. to what John's doing. He's basically saying, Hey, hey, what John's doing, that's from heaven. What John's doing, that's approved by God. And I think that would be very important in the future when others would begin to doubt would begin to doubt John's yeah, authority, yeah, especially when he was arrested by Herod. And perhaps I would say most importantly, most importantly, why was Jesus baptized? The occasion of the public baptism of Jesus recorded for all future generations, the perfect embodiment of the triune God revealed in glory from heaven. And so the testimony directly from heaven from the Father, hey, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased, the descending of the Holy Spirit like a dove on Jesus, a beautiful picture of the Trinitarian nature of God. One of the few places that we see them all together, God the Father, God the Son. God, the Holy so, Spirit.
0: So we were out, and, and being in Israel this uh, past week, we went to Jordan River, and we were able to baptize some folks, like, there were doves all over the place, all over the place of the river, and people were like, ooh, that's that's the symbol of the Holy Spirit right there, I wonder if he's here, and I'm like, okay. Like, it was just, it was funny, because we were being baptized in the Jordan River, and doves were there like it was sure well
1: and and we could even make the argument and time time doesn't permit this maybe (laughs) maybe this is for a future podcast and maybe our listeners could maybe we could start taking phone calls one day wouldn't that be cool the uh but did act did an actual dove come to rest on him because the scripture says the holy spirit like a dove oh yeah doesn't say it was an actual dove yeah say anyway could have been a seagull, <laughs> uh, uh, or, or could have not have been a, a. Could have just been the Holy Spirit. I know, I'm just... um, but anyway, uh, basically, here it is. Here it is. It was the right thing to do. Right. It 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 gave us uh, a view and an insight into God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and uh, it announced His public ministry. It endorsed what John yeah. was preaching, yeah. and it set an example for all of us. So uh, I think that's why I think he was so baptized.
0: So you. You said it before, man. Baptisms is your thing, man. You love to see people baptized. Like you, you—that's a big deal to you in church world and ministry world and leading a church, leading your staff. Like baptisms, a big deal. And you teach a lot about it. You talk a lot about it. We do a lot of baptisms here. Why? I guess why? Why is baptism? Why is baptism a big deal to you?
1: Because it's it's an expression of saving faith. It's kind of like a stamp of validation yeah. right it represents our salvation experience the magnificent work of Jesus Christ when he died for our sins rose for our justification um, we know that baptism by immersion and we talked about that in the message you know the yeah. the methods important uh, the sequence is important the meaning is all important yeah. but uh, by immersion in water it, it, it is that outward expression of of the inward experience of change that happens in the life of every believer at salvation. Uh, it, it, you can go over to 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It kind of talks about uh, this demonstration that the old way of life has ended and the new life of faith in Jesus Christ has begun. I think it also is important because it gives, gives us a visual testimony. It's a public declaration to the world. Yeah, symbolically identifies the new believer with the death, burial, the resurrection of yeah. Jesus Christ. I use this example all the time, and I know I know you do a lot of baptizing. Probably you baptize more than I do. Uh, uh, we we do a lot of our baptism in, in public services on Sunday. Around you know it's kind of a part of our corporate worship service, yeah. and we have uh, we have a couple of those on Sunday morning. And, um, and so we, we, it, we, call that our celebration service where we all come together and we celebrate, we worship him, we study the word together. What a, what a natural way yeah. to do that as well by celebrating baptism. Yeah. And so, uh, we, uh, we brag on Jesus a lot around here because, um, we say very seldom does a week go by that we don't get to see somebody yeah. baptized. And, uh, and I know there are other churches out there that are like, you know, we're going to wait and You know, once every three months, we're just going to have this big, huge baptism. And again, there's no right or wrong when it comes to that. Uh, We we, we preach and teach here. Baptism is that first act of obedience for a believer. So our deal is once someone... Uh, receives Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and they have communicated, hey, yes, I've trusted him as my Lord and Savior. And we tell them, here's what baptism is. Baptism is not needed or not necessary for the forgiveness of sin. That comes by faith and faith alone in Jesus Christ. But it is that first act of a believer. Once we were like, okay, man, would they get that? They understand that. They're not putting. They're not putting f- their faith in baptism. They're putting their faith in Jesus. Then we're like, Let's go ahead and do it. It's that first act of obedience. Let it be the first act of many acts of obedience in your life. And so we get to see that on a regular basis around here. We celebrate that because we expect that. We expect our people to go out and share their faith and people respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so um, I was taught early on, uh, celebrate what you expect.
0: Right. Well, and I know know for you it's not about just – being able to say, Hey, you know, we baptize this amount of people for our annual church profile. But you know, we know from just the way that you teach and the way that you always talk about Jesus, like it's, it's lives literally being changed because they've heard the gospel, they're surrendering to Jesus and, and they're following through with that. So it is more than just the numbers or the baptism. Sure. It's, yeah. It's lives being changed.
1: Well in and in you know, we understand the responsibility that we have as as, yeah. as pastors in the church to to make sure that somebody has a clear understanding of right. the symbolic nature of baptism. Right. Now we're gonna we're going to take them at their word. The reality is when it's all said and done, I don't get it. I I, mean, I understand why baptism started. Maybe sometime at one of our podcasts, we can even research back Judaism, the symbolic cleansing that would happen when somebody would convert to Judaism. And so, you know, Jesus took something that was already there. Again, we're going to go back to God. God took something like the sacrificial system that yeah. he had put in their lives right. so that they may have, have their eyes focused on that. Right. So when the true Lamb of God came, they yeah. could say, oh, it makes sense then." Yeah, yeah, And so baptism, you know, he gave them all this ceremonial cleansing and washing. And so baptism comes, they're like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, he gave us that to yeah, show yeah. the cleansing yeah. of our hearts. Yeah. And, uh, and so I understand why Jesus did what he did. Um, but I don't get it. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I just believe it. I trust it. Uh, it, there's a faith aspect you'll if you're one of those folks that are like intellectually once I can figure out the ways of God then I'll truly submit right. to him right. then then I'm going to go ahead and just take a li- a giant leap and say you're probably never going to trust him because you'll never figure out the ways of God ultimately as as intellectual as as we are and let us understand the very intellect that we have is a gift from God uh, intelligence is not at odds with God God is the one that's given the gift of intelligence. Yeah. Just like folks who sit there and say, "Science, science <laughs> is at odds with God." Well, no, science, yeah. science. God has given us science so that we, in turn, might sit there and say, "Oh, wow! Look at the intricacies of God." Whereas I sit there, we might have been talking about this. I was having a conversation with somebody about this earlier. You know, when I sit there and I I look at science and I'm peeling everything back and I come down to the protons and neutrons and all that kind of stuff, it takes much more faith for me to believe that all this stuff that is just perfect randomly happened than for me to sit there and say, you know what? It's creator God. Yeah, it's a creator God. So I'm going to go back to the whole baptism thing. We're going to sit there and encourage folks. Okay. You've trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. Baptism is just merely that it is that public witness, that public proclamation. We even ask the question here when we baptize people, who is the Lord of your life? And their response is Jesus Christ. And uh, we're like, amen. We're going to take you at your word. And so, again, it's that outward profession and it's a testimony to others. But Ryan, it's a testimony to the to the individual. Yeah, for sure. I mean, business here. Yeah, I'm humbling myself. I'm standing before this group. I'm professing Christ is publicly my lord and savior and and it means I mean business. I wear a wedding ring. I use this a lot of times when I explain baptism. I wear a wedding ring. Um, that ring tells everyone that I am married. I tease with my wife, and I'm like, you know, I could take it off, but I've worn it so long, and my fingers are so fat, I have a per, you know, a permanent indention around that. And I'll tease, and I'll tell my wife, but I wear it because if I don't wear it, you know, I'll have a hard time keeping the ladies away from me. And uh, you know, and she laughs, and she's like, I don't think that's a problem. But oh, our wives can keep us humble, can't they? Absolutely. The, but I wear this ring as a symbol. Hey, I to spend the rest of my wife, my, the rest of my life with my wife. That's the pledge that I made. Um, let's just say that I told her, you know what, I love you. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. But this marriage thing, that nah, forget it. Yeah. And I know that there are people that do that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. But this marriage thing, see, here's what it meant to her and I. All right, this is a done deal. Yeah. You know, because because we did, and you can look in my office. I have the dictionary. I literally cut the word divorce out of the dictionary when Mm. we got married. Yeah. And we said it's no longer in our vocabulary. Yeah divorce is not something that we're going to entertain. We're not even going to we're not even going to use this as a threat. I would encourage our listeners yeah. out there. Hey, everybody goes through rough patches with marriages. And let me just remind all of us, we usually get something out of something that which we put into it. That's right. So, you're That's going right. through a rough patch, you're going through a difficult time with your marriage and you're fussing and fighting, go ahead and make the determination, I'm not going to use the word divorce as a threat or as leverage. Yeah. So. So. But when when we we had a ceremony there, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, little church is our hometown and we have the ceremony and we all dressed up, all this kind of stuff. And um, we exchanged rings. And I said, I do. And she said, I do. And this is a reminder of the pledge that took place that day. Yeah. Baptism, baptism. Baptism doesn't make you saved, but baptism is that symbol. It's that yeah. reminder. It's that public confession. It is. It says to yourself, "You know what? I am surrendering my life to Jesus. Yeah, and He did forgive me of my sins." It's very important, I, I, Ryan. I've even had folks. Have you ever had this before when you're counseling someone? Because I know you. You kind of head up baptism. It's one of the many hats that you wear around here for us, and. Um, you know, we've even hired folks and we've got enough folks that we could give it away. But you do such a great job that, uh, we're like, we're, we're gonna leave it with old Rhino and let him handle it. That's that's on the
0: recording, right? You got that part, we heard that, <laughs> we're gonna keep that. Can you clip, can you edit that and just send that to? I'm just kidding. No, I, I it's one of my, I love it. Go ahead, I'm sorry, I interrupted.
1: Well, have you ever, have you ever been talking to someone I know I have before and I'm like, hey, listen, okay, so you're a follower of Christ, yes, um. Have you been baptized? Well, I'm praying about that. Yeah, yeah.
0: I get all sorts of answers. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: yeah. I'm praying about that, and yeah. and I'm like, well, okay, well, let's talk about that. And and again, I don't. I'm not trying to start. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck or anything right. here. I mean, my wife's like, you know, I think your spiritual gift is making people angry. Um, <laughs> I don't know that God gives out that gift. I think that is just you know the part of the, that whole sanctification process that He's still moving it through me on. But I'll sit there and say, "Okay, let's stop and think about that statement." Yeah. I'm praying about baptism. Yeah. So basically, you're praying about obedience to God. Can I tell you? There's no need to pray. Yeah, He yeah. wants you to be obedient. Yeah, through baptism. So, so that's that first act. It says I mean business. Or uh, I'll have folks who'll sit there and say this to me. They'll say, uh, "Well, I was I had this conversation just the other night. Um, so I was I was baptized as a child, and I'm like, hey." That's awesome. That's a decision your parents made for you. Yeah. And, um, you know, based upon what they knew, the church that they were part of and everything that that church taught them, this is the way that you dedicate that child to God. And so uh, they had you christened or they had you sprinkled or whatever the case may be. They made that decision for you. This is not taking away from that decision. If anything, this is at the other end of that decision because... What the Bible is talking about is believer's baptism. It's a decision that you now make for yourself in obedience to him. It does not take away from that. First, I've had folks say, well, that would mean that what my parents did was wrong. I would say, no, 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 no. Actually, it is the fulfillment of what your parents did. Yeah.
0: When we have a, a person that is scheduled here in the next several weeks that, um, same thing. Like, uh, they were talking to me and yeah, got sprinkled as a child and has recently f- surrendered to Jesus. And, and they were telling me, it's like, you know, it, I, I didn't make that decision early. I want to do this now. I want to do this as part of being obedient to uh, the call of Jesus in my life. And, uh, and, and you, and you've referenced it, like it's a big deal for the person. Like there is, it's a, it's a, it's a great moment for the person individually to, to get baptized. Like, yeah, it's that outward picture, but man, it it does something to the person as well.
1: Well, and I would say to anyone that's listening today and you sit there and you're like, you know what I have, I, I I've surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. He is my Lord. Uh, I've, I've put my faith and trust in him. I have a relationship with him, but I've never followed through in baptism. Well, I would say, first of all, if if you if you live in the Panama City area, yeah. man, come on down, come on down yeah. to our office. Let's talk to you about yeah. that because baptism also links you with the body of Christ. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: you're now part of the body of Christ yeah. because we believe the, that deal. baptism is one of the ordinances of the local church. Yeah. So, you know, it's not a situation where you're just out, riding. you're just like, you know what, I'm I'm just baptizing people in the pool in my backyard or I'm just going to walk up to strangers and baptize them (laughs) over here in St. Andrews or, you know, baptize them up in uh, um, Cedar Creek, which I wouldn't recommend that. I've seen the slides of gators up there. There's some big old gators up in Cedar Creek, Cedar Creek all the way at the end of Risotto Beach. When we first moved here 13 years ago, and we, we met uh, a guy who owned a house, a guy who built a house up there, and he was living in his house, the house that he had built. Naturally, he was wanting to sell it, but that's about the time the market crashed and everything. Yeah. And so we moved into town. We were looking for a good deal on a house, and so we met this guy up there. It was It was nighttime, so it was dark. We parked in the driveway. We get out. Cedar Creek, the creek is just right across the road, right? And it's got all this brush and stuff, swampy type area. And we get out of the car. We've just moved from Little Rock, Arkansas. And my wife is like, man, do you hear those bullfrogs? They've got to be huge. Nope. I knew that was not a bullfrog. I knew that was a gator that was kind of huffing the way that they do. And so I looked at the guy who built the house, and he's all of a sudden it starts coming right out of his mouth. Well, you know, those aren't, and I just looked at him, and my eyes got real big like, don't say another <laughs> word. And he read my mind, you know, and he just stopped. And we continued on. And yeah. then later on, I'm like, listen, dude, if you tell her there are gators across that street, we'll yeah. never buy this house, yeah. okay? So I don't know. You're not out there willy-nilly just baptizing no. in gator-infested no. waters. No, you're, you're, you're baptizing as one who has been recognized by our church to baptize. And so it's a local church issue. There are some churches, if, if the individual leads that person to Christ, the church is like, hey, we w- right. we'll let you baptize. And, and yeah, and there's some churches that say, oh, no, we're only going to let ordained pastors baptize, or, or we'll let ordained pastors and ordained deacons baptize, or we'll let anybody. Yeah. That is a local church right. issue, but baptism is a local church ordinance. So if you're out there listening, and let's say you don't live in Panama City, here's what I would tell you first of all. Man, get a local church that preaches and teaches the Bible that that, you know, the gospel of Jesus Christ is at the forefront of everything they do and go there and say, listen, I've given my life to Christ, but I've never followed through in believers, baptism, baptism. And I want to be obedient there because I want to be a part of this church family. Um, So anyway very important. First act of obedience of a follower of Christ.
0: So I'm going to stay with that same word because you talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Um, So here's the question, like, you know, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, is that the same thing as being filled in the Holy Spirit? Can you kind of clear that baptism in the Holy Spirit up?
1: Well, it is confusing. John John says, John the Apostle, let's keep that straight, John the Baptizer and John the Apostle are two different individuals. So John the Apostle, the one writing the book of John, John the Baptizer here in John chapter 1 is the subject of who he's writing about. So John the Baptizer makes the statement in verse 33, hey, you know, the one that you see the Spirit descending, and remaining on Him, this is after Jesus' is baptized, baptism. He's the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And so, there are folks that are like, "Uh huh." There's a difference there between water baptism and bab- baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, I would agree there is a difference, but it's not; they're not separated. So, so let me explain that just a little bit. Um. Paul clearly, over in 1 Corinthians 12, taught that we receive the Holy Spirit the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. Verse 13 of 1 Corinthians 12, for we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jew or Greek, slave or free, and we were all given the one Spirit, being the Holy Spirit, to drink. Romans 8, chapter 9 tells us, if a person does not possess the Holy Spirit, he or she does not belong to Christ. Listen to what it says. It says, you, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, then he does not belong to Christ. You can go over to Ephesians chapter 1. It tells us there, The Holy Spirit is the seal of salvation for all those who believe. I'll read it to you. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. What's the seal? It's the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. Those are his children. And then he says, to the praise of his glory. So, the three passages I just read make it clear the Holy Spirit is received at the moment of salvation. Uh, Paul, could, Paul couldn't, he wouldn't have been able to say that we're all baptized by one Spirit and all given one Spirit to drink if not all the Corinthian believers possess the Holy Spirit. They all possess the Holy Spirit at salvation. Uh, you go over to Romans 8 and uh, verse 9, and it's even going to make a stronger statement. Basically saying this, that if a person does not have the Spirit, he does not belong to Christ. So the possession of the Holy Spirit is an identifying factor that you are saved. And then you get over to Ephesians 1. We read it earlier. The Holy Spirit could not be the seal of salvation if he's not received at the moment of salvation. So let me just say this. Many passages make it abundantly clear that our salvation is secured the moment we receive Christ as Savior. And so there are some ministries out there of the Holy Spirit that are often confused. The indwelling, receiving of the Spirit occurs at the moment of salvation. The feeling, the F-I-L-L-I-N-G of the Spirit, that's an ongoing process in the Christian life. Here's what I say. You got all the Holy Spirit you needed at the moment of salvation. Yeah. Now the Holy Spirit's trying to get all of you. Yeah. Not talking about relationship, not talking about salvation, talking about that sanctification process that happens. So here's what I believe the Bible teaches. The baptism of the Spirit occurs at the moment of salvation. There are others out there that profess to be christ followers and please hear me i'm not saying they're not christ followers they don't agree with me on that they believe the baptism of the spirit comes after salvation yeah. that it's a second baptism that it is uh it is um it is evidenced by the speaking of tongues i, I would not agree with that i think right. that's taken out of context right again i think it's not a secondary thing that happens i think according to scripture we just read The moment that you receive salvation, you're forgiven of your sins, you're now in right relationship with God because of Jesus Christ being your Lord. At that moment, you receive the Holy
0: Spirit. And then you you even kind of mentioned, you know, this being filled with the Holy Spirit, like we're going to not, I wrote in the notes, like, don't be a carnal Christian, like don't be, you know, we need to have a spirit filled life where we are living our life in service uh, to the king, like we're living our life filled with the spirit, trying to uh, live, a, live a godly life because of Jesus, because of the feeling of the Holy Spirit. Don't be that carnal Christian.
1: Sure. Well, the feeling of the Holy Spirit is is... is... He is he is working and moving and yeah. I go back to use that word sanctification. Yeah. He's daily making us more and more to the very image of Jesus Christ. It is a a feeling, again, not a F E E L, right. but a F I L L. It's not the goosebumps that I get. That's my right. Arms. Yeah. No, no, it's not. And there are some that would equate it to yeah. that. Yeah. Oh man, man, the Holy Spirit's in me tonight. Yeah. Look at there. That's, I got, got I got God bumps on my yeah. arm. The Holy Spirit's in me tonight. Well, again, I'm going to go back to the scriptures that we read. And please hear me. I'm not against feelings, F-E-E-L-I-N-G-S. <laughs> right. God has created us emotional right. beings. We There's nothing wrong with having a feeling as long as you do not determine the F-I-L-L-I-N-G. <laughs> I can't even spell it right yeah. now. As long as you do not determine the F-I-L-L-I-N-G based upon your F-E-E-L-I-N-G. Because let's just be honest. There are some times, there are some days in my life to where I'm like, boy, I don't feel like I'm saved today. There's some mornings I wake up, I think the Holy Spirit left me last (laughs) night. I don't feel like he's with me today. Well, that very statement within itself, I mean, that's all part of being this living in this old Oh, fleshly body that we have, but what that does is that robs God of great glory. Yeah. Because in essence, here's what I'm saying: I don't feel like God's strong enough to keep me saved. Yeah. Mm. I don't feel like God's mm. redemptive power is good enough to forgive all sin. When God offered that gift of salvation, He just didn't know how rotten I was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. now you're saying God's not all knowing. We we anyway. I'm just saying. Ultimately, it boils down to this. It's that daily denial of self, daily um, taking up my cross, following Christ, being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. My want to is changed. And so what happens is when I start growing in Christ daily through the studying of his word, through accountability with other believers, through prayer, through denial of self, then I'm going to start consistently getting it right more than I get it wrong. I'm always going to get it wrong, but the more that I grow in Christ, the more I'm going to start getting it a little bit more right. Because he's, again, sanctifying me, making more more and more like Jesus Christ. Um, It breaks my heart that there are folks out there that believe, well, I'm saved, but God God has not determined that I'm good enough yet to give me the gift of the Spirit. Yeah. Um to to me, to me that is a clear misunderstanding of scripture. Um I don't have to add anything to my salvation. My salvation is through grace and faith in G or faith in the grace that comes through Jesus Christ. And that's when the Holy Spirit takes up residence in my life. Now there are are there times that I'm more like Christ uh and times that I'm less like Christ. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is that yielding to the Holy Spirit of God. Mm. I wish the Holy Spirit did not speak in a still, small voice. I wish the Holy Spirit carried a (laughs) megaphone around. I wish the Holy Spirit toted around a sledgehammer and would just start wearing me out. Now, he does it in my own heart. But there are times I need him to waylay me (laughs) right in the flat side of the head. Um, Mm. But that's that whole sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit of God. And I'll say this. Listeners that are there, don't grab this and say, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to use this." I got that cousin out there, man. They messed up on this Holy Spirit, and I'm going to use this to go out there and I'm going to win this argument with my cousin. I'm not, no, no, friend. Yeah. Listen to me. Yeah. Listen to me. Don't use this to win an argument. Instead, use this as an empowering. Yeah. Hey, God's empowered me. The Holy Spirit of God. That means God's given me gifts so that I might make much of Jesus and use this gifting and draw people to Him. Yeah. That, that, that God has empowered me with yeah. His Spirit, that means that there'll be times I'm sitting there, I know I should witness to them. I know I should witness. To them. I don't know what to say, though. What if I What if I mess up? I don't know what to say. Oh, I'm just going to yeah. trust God, and I'm going to go. And all of a sudden, you're sitting there, and as you're sharing the gospel yeah, yeah. of Christ with them, all of a sudden, it's like you have this out-of-body yeah. out experience. Yeah. And you're sitting here up in the side of the room, <laughs> and you're listening to what you're saying, and you're like, yeah. oh, my goodness, I didn't even know that I could yeah, knew yeah. That, that I knew those things. I'm speaking with power. I'm speaking yeah. with boldness, and that's the very Holy Spirit of God. That is feeling, F-I-L-L-I-N-G. Yeah. Or you get
0: done, you're like, what? I don't even know what I just said, but you know, it worked out.
1: Yeah, or the first time you lead somebody to Christ yeah. and you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I didn't even know I had that within me. Yeah. <laughs> I've just led somebody to Christ. I'll never forget, we had a very prominent football coach who is retired now, who coached the greatest football team to ever win the national championship. They won it in 1998. Yeah, they won it out in Scottsdale, Arizona. You're getting dirty. The Fiesta Bowl by the uh, producers. They went undefeated that year, and uh, and so they were wearing that beautiful tangerine orange. (laughs) So we had that coach who came and spoke here one night at one of our Super September events. Yeah, Coach Phil Fulmer. I'll call him by name, Coach. If you're listening, welcome to our podcast. We brought him in, because I'd heard his testimony before. Now, you know, he's not going to get up there and preach a three-point message. He's not going to get up there, and you're going to be like, oh, my goodness, I've never seen that in Scripture before. Brought him in. He spoke. And I'm like, hey, share Jesus with him. How do you want me to end this thing? I said, tell you what, coach, you just get up there, and when you feel like you're done, hand it over to me. And if I don't feel like you've shared the gospel clear enough, I'll share it. But get up there. And so he got up there, just shared about how. He was saved, told a few football stories. There were people that came that never would have come to our church that right. night, but they came yeah. because they were, you know, GBO, baby, go big orange, VFL, vol for life. They came, they were here. A lot of them even thought they were dressing to go to a football game. Yeah. I mean, it was almost embarrassing yeah. to some degree. Uh, <laughs> Coach got up there, he shared. I came up there. If you Let me tell you how you can give your life to Jesus Christ tonight. Yeah. There were six people that got saved that night. Yeah. I'll never forget. We we took him to a place to eat right down on the water down in the bay. Has great crab cakes. I'd called their name, and they could be one of our sponsors. And if they want to give you and I a lunch every now and then, we might call their name. But since we have, Journey, you can go as well. You can go as well. We'll work it out for a dinner for you. But anyway, they're one of our sponsorless sponsors Sponsor. right now. no we'll, name sponsors. no, no sponsorless. name sponsors. We take him down there. We're sitting there, and I'll never forget – I'm like, Coach, there were six people who gave their life to Jesus Christ yeah. tonight, and he'd sit there and eat a little while, and he'd turn to me. And he goes, Do you really think so? Yeah. You think six people got saved? I'm like, Well, Coach, why should I think any different? You shared what Jesus did for you. I told them how they could have the same thing. They did it, and then they're like, Tonight I've been saved. Yeah. Well, why why should we doubt that? He'd start eating again, and, you know, he'd get him a piece of cake. Co- coach, it takes, it takes a lot of sustenance to keep up, you know, that body weight that he's got. And so he was there and he sat there and he would say again, You really think those six people were saved tonight? Yeah. Coach. He was being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I would say this to our listeners somebody in your life that doesn't know Jesus, just sit there and say, You know what, Jesus? You told me if I lifted you up, people would be drawn to you. And I'm going to need some strength and power. I'm going to need some words, I'm, I'm going to need some boldness and confidence. Through your Holy Spirit, I'm trusting. Use me. Uh, outside of your own salvation, outside of your own salvation, there is not another high than yeah. you leading somebody else to Jesus Christ. Sure. Man, I tell you what, you're you you, you, you you're ready to go run through a brick wall. That's right. Um, right. And uh, so. And do it again. Be filled, F-I-L-L-E-D, yeah. with the Spirit of God. And the next thing you know, you'll be F-E-E-L-E-D, with the Spirit of God. Well, I'll leave us with John chapter 1, verse 29. Behold, the
0: Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Pastor Stephen, thank you for always pointing us to Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to share your wisdom and your heart right here on the Unchangeable Truth Podcast. We'll see you next week.
1: Hey guys, this is Pastor Stephen Kyle, and I want to thank you for listening to this week's issue of the podcast called Unchangeable Truth. Let me encourage you as well, if you get a chance, go check out our website. It's Highland H-I-L-A-N-D-PARK-P-A-R-K P-A-R-K, dot org. On that website, you'll learn more about our ministry at Highland Park Baptist Church. You can also listen to some previous sermons, which are archived for the previous year. And as well, if you ever find yourself in Panama City in person, come and check us out, worship with us live at 2611 Highway 231 North. We would also love to talk to you about Jesus Christ. If you've got any questions regarding your relationship with Him, having faith in Him, or if this podcast has encouraged you, or you have other questions regarding the podcast, feel free shoot us an email at podcast at Highland Park. As always, our prayer is that this podcast would point you to Jesus Christ, would increase your faith, and would help you as you mature daily in your walk with Jesus Christ. God bless.